and welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. And I'm Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I have my friend, Apostle Barry Cook, who is a doctor in theology. He does history, all of these things. This man is such a deep well. And he's fun and he's funny. And he's just, just, just continues to tell it like it is. He's not compromising. And I so love that. Wow. It's just incredible to find people that are apostles or prophets or just, just believing. I mean, people that are in the church that aren't fake and phony. So anyway, that's just my introduction, uh, my continued introduction. So come on, Barry. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Doc. That was a great intro. I really appreciate it. You know I love you too, and bless you. Looking forward to seeing you in Houston next week. Yeah. Is it next week or is it the week after next? No, it's next week. This time we'll be in Houston. That's right. I'll be in Houston. You're already there. Mm -hmm. That was that uh, old school way of getting it repeated and talked about again, you know. Now, it wasn't (laughs) old yet. I'm trying. It starts when? No, what day it starts? I can't. Well, on Tuesday, doesn't it? No, no, no. I think it starts Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it oh, starts is it Wednesday? Yeah, we get that Wednesday. We get to hang out on Wednesday. No, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it starts yeah. Wednesday, uh, Thursday. First Thursday, Thursday, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with I need to look at that schedule. Where is it? Yeah, it's a, it kicking off with Apostle Eddie. Oh, yeah. And, that's and, loving yeah. unity. Dot yeah. org. It's got yeah. it on there. Okay. Good. He or 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 McGee. I think it's him that kicks it off. Isn't I it? heard that Barry Cook fellow was preaching Friday night. I don't yeah. Know. My oh, God. Yeah. My God. And see, you know, they gave they gave that uh, uh, Apostle Barry Cook guy uh, that Friday night because they know that once he gets it, then all of a sudden that's when he finishes teaching. He's going and um, and and they may have that. That that uh, they may have that organ there. They may have anything. I mean, you know, people you don't know what's you don't know what's gonna happen. I tell you what, <laughs> we just gonna let the Lord loose. <laughs> oh, praise God! Well, Doctor Baker, I thank you so much for this subject we've been on, and I know that um, we were starting last week on the seven pillars, and I started reading out of Acts two thirty. Uh, seven through 47 and going down through the text, because honestly, if I was um, preaching it, even in a church or in a series or whatever that may be in, in a location, I would always spend time on the scripture first, because that portion of scripture um, and the different comments I made on the last, the very last show we did, um, this is part two, and um, on that show, I, I laid the foundation with the text and, and all of the points I'm about to begin down through come through the readings of Acts 2 and the comments made of 37 through 34. I'm only going to read verse 47 today because I made it all the way through verse, verse 46 last time, 37 through 46, and then, which was a miracle to get through that many scriptures. But to me. In Acts uh, 2.47, it closes this chapter in the book of Acts saying, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily, such as are being saved. Now, one of the things I want to say is um, obviously the people of God were in a great position here. 
They had not been rejected. They had not been persecuted yet, but it didn't take but a chapter or two later. <laughs> so with, and, and, and uh, I believe two chapters forward is almost a 10 year space. So, you know, it took a little while out where people just like, oh, okay, well, they're having fun. It's another group. They're doing their thing, whatever, you know, probably die out. You know, I'm sure they had all those types of thoughts because in Acts 4, if you'll remember when, when the apostles were brought before the council, uh, you know, right before they whipped them and then sent them back, they went back to their own kind. They prayed and the place was shaken and they went out and said, Lord, help us be even bolder. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I just thank God. See, that's the apostolic grit that's missing in apostles today. They Maldives can be behind their pulpits, but today they're not, they're not going up and facing no councils. They're not. They're not standing up for the church. Matter of fact, when the church gets persecution, most of them are like, "Well, whatever they say, well, we just better." You know, and, and we got to weigh that stuff out. You know, and you can't meet. Well, what are we going to do? We can't meet. And I'm just thinking. Lord Jesus, if you don't know, you meet anyway. You figure out ways to meet. You meet in home. You do what the early church did. You meet in homes. You do whatever. What's that? Okay, you're gonna have to. You're gonna need to when you get into to this. You know, you just kicked open another thing. Uh -huh. Is I think that there's a misunderstanding of what it means to obey the authorities that have rule over you. I think that you know I was going there, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, I'm one of it stores, right? Yeah. You know, uh, okay, because I, 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 I may be wrong, but I'm just going to throw this out here anyway. I believe that there are are uh, remember because when, remember when Jesus said to uh, uh, them, is it you know when they ask, is it okay to pay taxes? And he says, show me a, a you know a coin whose image is on there, Caesar's. Give Caesar what belongs to he, Caesar, but give God what belongs to God. Are there two dimensions of this obedience? Isn't there, isn't there obeying? Uh, where is our main uh, obedience? Because uh, I remember the disciples asked them something. He says, uh, uh, duh, do you think that it's better for us to obey God than to obey you or to do that to that? So as you go yeah. through this, you know, as we yeah. continue through this, I just yeah. want you to make sure that you, you touch on some of that. And I'm going to mute now. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and the, oh, Lord, this is a big subject. And the way, because I've done it wrong and I've done it you, right. You don't have to do it right now. I mean, it's up well, to you, you how, however you do it. You can finish yeah. the seven okay. pillars and then we All can right. go into that the next okay. time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good one. Man. I would love to. And I got, I got stories. Okay, well, we go, we go. Ooh, I got stories. I have been waiting by the police in my house for standing up for blacks and women in my city in California. And they tried, they, I'm, I got stories. You want me to tell oh, Jesus. Let's finish the seven. I know I said, see, that's why we're still telling it like it is. That's why we're still. I, well, I recorded it and put it on TV, and then they tried to shake me down, and I had to have the military intervene because <laughs> I had. Oh, uh, I got I had my Lincoln Continental blown up in a in a, a blockbuster video parking lot by skinheads for preaching on racial equality. Don't uh, you get people, folks people, call me say I'm a racist sometimes. Like you need to people, shut up. I don't I don't lost vehicles over this thing. You ain't lost nothing yet. 
you know. People stay tuned for some of our future programs because this is going to be one of the things. But right now, I want to introduce to you Apostle Barry Cook, who is going to complete this seven pillars. And I'm on a mute. I ain't going to ask you no more questions right now. Go for it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. I tell my sons and daughters all the time. I tell the disciples that relate to me all the time, <laughs> say it that way, you know, outdo my stories. I have one on the other day that almost... He he's about to catch up with me. And I got another one that I'm gonna bring on here soon. That he's he's almost bypassed me. He's not even 30 years old yet. And uh, I just love that with 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 works like you know works out in the public works and getting results and fighting it through until breakthrough comes. You know anyway, it's possible. But th th we've got to understand that the growth strategies that they used in the Bible aren't like our growth strategies, you know, here. And that was one of the things that getting my degree in leadership and church growth, my first doctorate degree in leadership and church growth, I would think to myself all the time, that's never what the Holy Spirit tells me to grow the church. I mean, some of the sprinklings I could use and enhanced it or made it prettier or had a better effect or looked better and had a better visual to it. And those were great ideas, but and then it made me think of how many people don't even look at the scriptures. They just buy those programs or whatever and just, oh, I bought a new program, so this should work. But you, it produces after its own kind. That's the problem. It's like, you know, they say anybody can write worship music. And I was just discussing this with a worship leader who told me about a music program he uses to write. And all he does is some AI program. He just writes in, write me medium sound. Um, Christian song on conservative side. And it will, it takes, he said, about 35 minutes and it writes the full song, then gives him choices of what type of melody to put behind it or if he wants to change the melody or make one himself. And he goes, so most of the times when I'm writing one, I just click twice. I'm like, I mean, he could be sitting there high as a kite. You know what I'm saying? Just drunk as can be. Oh, I got another word. <laughs> You know, <laughs> great. Glad you consecrated for that. And we can all sing it on Sunday and wonder why there ain't no goo on it. I tell you, anyway, and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many of the main companies do that. They'll have the big name people come in. They'll sing songs, but they redo the whole thing, take everything out. They just put it through that AI and release it. And the people don't have nothing to say because they don't have any rights over it. The first thing that these guys lived by, which was the pillar of invitation. And this is aspects of power evangelism. When these guys wanted to affect a city or to affect an individual, they understood invitation. They invited people to experience the presence of the Lord and encounter. I love when that, that kind of phased through the body of Christ, that term encounter. We're having Sunday night encounter meetings. And I mean, there was a couple places that I would tell them, look, I'd rather preach on your encounter service than I would your Sunday morning service. <laughs> and they're like, well, we have three services on Sunday morning. On Sunday night, we have just about half of that crowd or less. I'm like, that's okay. If they're coming out for an encounter, then we're going to be good because I'm coming for an encounter. And if your Sunday morning group isn't interested in an encounter, then I'm not interested in them because I want to encounter. I don't want to just come to listen to you blow your hot air. I got the internet, you know, now. I mean, I need an anointing. I mean, I want something in the air. I want there to, if you're going to preach it, 
then impart it to me afterwards. Believe you're carrying something and call from me. Who wants this? Why don't people do that anymore? Anyway, I don't understand it. So then why, why did I listen to you? You know, you didn't even have a purpose to impart anything. And this is the principle of invitation. You got to have something, but if you got something, you don't got to talk about it. Paul, the apostle said, look, we ain't got no cash. You're looking at us such as I have. I, I give to you what I got, though, because I do know what I got. You know what you got? We got to know what we got. You know, the first principle was invitation. And this speaks about the aspects of power evangelism. The apostle Peter, man, he issued an invitation to the community in Jerusalem to become part of what God was doing in the church. <laughs> he, he exhorted the people to believe that Christ was exaltation to the right hand of God. He quoted them, the prophets saying, he told you this was going to happen. This is what just happened. And this was the hand of God. And, and, and his explanations of the God-given experience of speaking in tongues caused a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit to be upon their hearts. I mean, we got Holy Ghost services today that folks ain't convicted over anything. And I love, we were on a Zoom the other day and I wrote down a statement because it was talk, somebody said there was a difference um, in, I don't know where I wrote it. I got so many notes from all these Zooms, Lord Jesus. But it was talking about, there's a difference in conviction in sin and conviction to be involved. You know, because the Holy Spirit does both. He convicts us of sin, but he also convicts us of independence. He convicts us of, of bad attitudes. And, and, and he made us to be independent people. So you've got to understand, he's not trying to make us, um, you know, this person that's just taken advantage of by other people or codependent, but he's trying to make us interdependent, where we're fine on our own, but we choose by our will to link to become greater. That's a whole nother aspect. Well, they're just trying to control me at church. Okay, uh, if they're doing that, that's wrong. But that's why my approach, and every time you hear me teaching on people coming to the church, I always say, what is it you want? When they sit down with me, I want to join the church, Pastor. I say, okay, all right, I want you to join. Now, what is it you want and what is it you're looking for? Because I don't want to over put expectations or under put expectations on you. Because then we'll clash right off the bat. Because you're going to hear me say things from the pulpit and you're going to think I'm preaching to you. And 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 maybe I, I understand you're not there yet, but I'm not going to not preach certain things just because you're not there yet. Because there's a group of people in my midst that are there. So I'll in every message, I'll be preaching mixed feed. <laughs> I'll be preaching to the box, the unsaved. I'll be preaching to backsliders. I'll be preaching to the outer court, inner court, and the holy of holies. Throughout my message, I'll run through all of that. And, by, and that's what, you don't have to make an altar call at the very, I'm not making it for you then, silly. And obviously not for anybody you brought to the church, because if you would have, you'd understand my altar call. Other people brought people to the church because they understood the pillar of invitation. They understood that he that wins souls is wise. You lead people to God, it covers some of your own sins. You get grace to cover your own sins for witnessing to other people. I mean, I just, I don't have no business witnessing to people. It's another one of those things. When you sow it, you're going to reap it. Well, I barely understand myself. Then I always tell people, then then tell Jesus's story. If you yours isn't good enough yet, his is. 
It's been working for thousands of years. Hallelujah. Principle of invitation, you know, and, and we got to keep going. But number two is so the, the, the pillar of integration. Integration. And this is where we understand that we've got to become involved. And listen, that's, I'm talking about whatever, whether this is personal, or whether this is we, you know, when you say, how can the, the principle of invitation be for me personally? Because if you're going to start to grow, the first thing you have to do is invite sources into your life that challenge your thinking and teach you things you didn't know. So you got to invite information in your life. You have to invite mentors into your life. You had to invite new study habits in your life. I just don't read. I don't study. Okay, fine. You don't listen to videos. You don't watch you know, I guarantee you it's all the kids that say that. And I'm saying, but I can go on TikTok and hook you up with about 20 people that'll preach to you in 30 minute segments every day. Can you handle that, baby? You know, like, don't talk to me like that. Well, get your thumb out of your mouth, sugar. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are we talking about here? You ever seen a 30 year old person still got a habit of sucking on their thumb and you're thinking, Lord Jesus, and you're going to be my CPA? I don't think so. You know, Baby, 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 anyway, let me keep going. <laughs> baby, I don't want to get on that either. Anyway, principle of integration speaks about aspects of, you know, assimilating, getting connected to people and groups and, 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 and getting connected to the church. If you're not, you know, um, internet is not enough. People don't, don't get connected to a church because they don't want to really grow and be held accountable. And, and it, well, I was in a crazy church in my past. Well, don't go to a crazy church then this time. Hello, Biff. I mean, how stupid is that? You know, I mean, you're smart people say this stuff and you're thinking you are the sole lion deceiving yourself. I wonder what areas, other areas, that's a psychologist in me. I wonder what other areas you lying to yourself about. Because <laughs> you definitely have chosen to totally be blind to this one. So anyway. <laughs> But, um, you know, the apostles drew the net of fishes into the boat on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And we got to understand that people must, must not only be called to believe, but also to belong. There is things to belong to to move people forward. And there's folks to get people connected with. I mean, when people first come to church, sometimes they're like skeptical of the church and all this. And I say to them, what areas are you really wanting to improve from? Well, I'm really, you know, wanting to start my own business. We just started about a month ago and I just, and my time is taken up. So let me introduce you to a couple of people in our church real quick that are entrepreneurs and maybe we can swap numbers with if you have any questions. This is a guy that owns so-and-so. Really? Yeah, he owns all of 11 franchises around here. Really? I bet he could, uh, I bet if he, and I tell, pull that guy to the side and I say, disciple this boy and get him ready for baptism. <laughs> That's what I, I pull. I'm, I'm, and I'm talking about a specific instance in my church. You know, it was a multimillionaire. I, I said, look, and people didn't know he was multimillionaire because he was the one that wanted to run the, the, what we, the janitor deal to clean the church every week. He organized a volunteer team of men and women. But I mean, he was after the men when he started. He's like, I'm going to get these men out here. He developed a maintenance team and he wouldn't let me. No, you're not going to pay for either one of these. We got enough people in this church. He goes, and me and another, another wealthy guy in the church. It was so funny because they picked the two lowest spots in the church. But why they did it was because that's where the fish needed to be cleaned. And they weren't afraid of the process. 
you know, and they had such happy attitudes. I was like, it takes people like that. You know, a lot of times we put our worst people with the worst people. You ain't helping. That's like putting with a Dracula to guard the blood bank, you know. You ain't going to get no help with that. Before long, they're frustrated and mad and cussing too and trying to get another fix. You're like, Lord Jesus, come on. you know. But anyway, we need to understand that people people need to belong. And I look in verse 41, 241, those who had received the word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. Just amazing. But, you know, they, they didn't wait. They were added that day. But the difference it does, it doesn't, it does say that the people wanted to be added. <laughs> so there's something else too. They knew and understand people when they baptized them publicly at the time, that meant they made a public declaration against Judaism. <laughs> That's what you got to understand. Baptism was not just this pretty little thing we did with a nice little robe and maybe invite our families and we'll just all have some cake and get a beautiful certificate. They didn't know if they were going to get knifed, mobbed, beat up, because they knew when they came, when they went down in that water and came back up and said, I am no longer of this faith, I am of this faith now, and I, 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 I renounce all of this stuff. And that's another thing. People don't renounce stuff today. They don't let go of stuff until they're in a doggone deliverance service, and then they go back home and get out their spares, <laughs> whatever that is, you know, mindsets, you know. Um, but the people that responded to the message of salvation not only were led to the Lord, but they became added to the church. It doesn't say they pitched them, they twisted their arms, they offered to give them TV. It just says, you know, the people knew that was the next step. Why did they know this? Because the Holy Spirit is the overseer of the church. Yes, he's also, no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draw, but he's also, where does he draw? He draws you to Jesus, then he draws you to the corporate body to connect. So the, 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 the leaders and the pastors have to develop programs and, and, and teams and systems to see these people who have been saved added to the church. I mean, we have to have a process in what we're doing, a system, a step-by-step -step traceable process to achieve a particular goal. Uh, that's what it means. You know, that's what it means. We have to be able to see it. We've got to be able to look through a process all the way to the end and then work back and say, okay, now how do I get to that point? So I see this disciple serving in the church, happy, full of the spirit, praising God, lifting his hands, leading other people to the Lord, connecting to other places in the church. Oh my God. Now, how do I get to that spot? Well, I'll just get up and tell them to do it. You can't do that. You've got to look down and you've got to think, okay, well, first off, I got to get them. Well, how am I going to get them? Oh, that's that's first step. So it's easy to talk. Talk is cheap. That's why that statement goes. I may have told you this when my childhood, my lovely father, God rest his soul, <laughs> um, he would, he'd make us wear these T-shirts around the house. When we promised to do things and we, we we lied, we didn't keep our word. His, but we were lying according to him, and he hates it. All the things he hates most, he hates lying. I'm, you know, the one. Those old school folk didn't mess around. So he had this yellow T-shirt that he had made with black print that said, "Talk is cheap." 
and we would have to do chores. We got disciplined. We had to wear that yellow shirt. It was yellow, bright yellow with black letters that said, talk is cheap. So my brothers would come in and we'd laugh at each other, whoever was wearing it and having to work and arguing with dad. And dad would be behind them yelling and carrying on like he loved to do to help us learn so, so rapidly and not, not abuse us, of course, just helps learn anyway. But, uh, um, you know, it, 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 but talk is cheap. I understood what he meant. You know, I told him something never intended on doing. Talk, my talk, my cheap, no value. A lot of preachers talk, talk, talk. And I say, tell me how you do it. Do what? Well, well, you just preached on this and this, and you said we need to do this and this. How do you do it? What, what do you mean? I'm like, well, that's what I'm asking you. You know, well, I mean, that was a good word, wasn't it? I'm like, yeah, that's the problem. It's a good word, but it's not something you do, you long to do. I mean, you could at least say when you get up, I've never done this, but my heart sees it and I long to do it. We've got to do this. Help me. Will any of y'all be a part of this? Let me experiment. Let's do this, please. Even if it's only three or four of you. Who'll do this with? I guarantee you three or four people will step up. Your leaders might be mad. Other people might, they didn't go through this. I don't know them. You should watch out for them. Uh Uh-huh, baby, but you didn't respond. So this is what I got to work with. If you'd like to come on in, you can join us. You know, because some 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 come right away. Some come to make you know the stories Jesus told, and even those that come in the end and said they weren't going to do it and show up. You're going, all right. I mean, praise the Lord. Come on. And I, I know I didn't make it through two of these, and I, I'll just finish this part and I'll stop. Okay. But we've got to develop these proper programs. We can't just go on the internet and pull down a program without it fitting us, who we are, what we do. I tell people all the time, I don't say you got a problem with these programs. No, no, no. If it helps you understand the frame, if it helps you understand how to look at the process, then look at their process and then look at you, your what you need to do and make your own process. But there has to be a step-by-step process or else it can't be reproducible. And and, and it got to come from revelation. If it comes from revelation in scripture, then it's both natural and spiritual. And you said that to me a minute ago. You say, yeah, but we're going to make sure on the spiritual. I should have said up front, anything in the church, if it belongs to the kingdom, is communicated naturally and spiritually. It's like when you ask somebody to be an usher, you Take them through scriptures on ushers and show them what they did and show them the importance God put on them and how the priests laid hands on them and anointed them to their positions and that they spiritually can can influence the areas that they usher over. I mean, that's a position in the spirit that you can step into in the house. My God. Anyway, I got to go. But Sometimes the success factor seems to override all other godly factors, especially when the success factors are properly marketed and a big name sanctions it. But I just want to tell you today, don't be so desperate for that kind of stuff because a good thing is not necessarily a God thing. And I believe that God is bringing us back to understanding our integration and our invitations and our integrations. We didn't even get to some of the other stuff, but there has to be. Because it's very important. Okay. We have to, we have to do this. I mean, I I apologize because I, I I took you, no, I took you off because I was, (laughs) 
I took you off for a few minutes and it took you a few minutes to get back on. But you guys can see that we have a number of things that we're going to discuss and Apostle Barry and myself will be back uh, next week when we're here still telling it like it is. So uh, also join us for the conversions this week. It's actually this week coming up, uh, the 8th, 9th and 10th or the uh yeah the ninth through the 11th so join us then so we'll see you this week at the convergence this is apostle baker j baker who is a doctor in psychology and apostle barry cook who is in theology and all of this but history 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 i'm just loving it bye-bye we'll see you next time Thank you for watching Kingdom First TV, your station for Kingdom Inspiration.